Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that TV talk? Hey, everybody. We've got some TV talk business to take care of. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've got the final one for the year. The final TV talk for the year. We do have a TV sneak peek coming out in a couple in a week or two. But other than that, 2019 TV has delivered some really interesting things. We'll do a kind of a recap, the top of 2020, uh, you know, what 2019 TV has brought us. But here's the crazy thing is, is that we will be covering some pretty steep ground here. So first, let's talk about a TV sneak peek. Yep. We snuck in, cracked open Netflix's, hacked into their system, actually. (laughs) We did none of those things. No. <laughs> we did, um, we, we got a chance to take a look at Lost in Space season two. Yep, you remember that. Um, we know that it's available on Christmas Eve 24th, but we're going to give you a sneak peek of mm. what this season is about. I remember you being a little bit impressed by the first season. It wasn't like, it didn't blow you away, but you were certainly intrigued along with a lot of other people who um was comparing it to its predecessor yeah and um it's quite different this Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. so what are we what are we experiencing season two did they stay along that family path or did they veer and make it something darker because that's always the the you know that's always the temptation. Right, yeah. Well, it's still a family show. Um, it's not a little kid family show, though. That's how I'll say it. Uh, and they're true to that. Um, so I've seen all of season two, all 10 episodes. Look uh, at you. Look at that. And um, we have the Robinsons. Now, the Robinsons, after season one, they are now on another planet, still not the right planet they're supposed to be on. Remember, the title's Lost in Space. So they're trying to get to Alpha Centauri from Earth because that's where this new uh, colony of humans is. So people are already there. They're trying to get there. It's been such a big problem. So they're on this planet, and they're still here with Parker Posey's Dr. Smith, in quotes, who's the villain. She's a woman who's out for herself and no one else. Now, if what you need aligns with what she needs, she's a great ally. If not, she will stab you in the back. Okay. Row. <laughs> so they're there with her. Um, they're also there with uh, the mechanic, Don West. So those are the two non-Robinsons. But Don is a good guy. He's a good guy with a secret. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, alien AI robot... Okay, the danger, Will Robinson, that one, is no longer with them. Where is he? What's happened to him? Now, remember, the youngest Robinson, uh, Will, has a connection 
with this robot. And this robot isn't something you would pet and coo along with and cuddle. No, it's a killing machine. Mm. So this special connection that he has, other people know, and they know that they need him to get this robot involved because the robot is the way that they'll be able to essentially make their way to the planet Alpha Centauri. But first the Robinsons have to get off this planet. They have to get back to the mothership. And then when they get there, who's gonna be left? Have they been left behind? Do they know where the mothership is? This is where we're starting. So the question is, how can they get off of this planet, get to the mothership, and then again, get to Alpha Centauri? Now, of course, along the way, the Robinson children, there are three of them, uh, they all have different abilities. So we still have Judy, who's the oldest, and she's the doctor, she's whip smart. We have the middle child, Penny, and she's being a middle child. And of course we have well and we have the two parents the mother is a is an engineer she knows about a whole bunch of stuff and she's in charge and the father is a former seal oh yes so without giving too much away of course just like you saw in season one they go through all of these obstacles every time they seem to uh make some sort of advancement, some emergency happens, they have to come up with some way to get out of the emergency, which then creates another emergency they didn't see coming. I mean, we still see this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, however, when they encounter more people this time, the question is, can what they've done on their own to survive translate? Or are there others who are there to say no? And mm -hmm. when you deal with other people, you deal with other ulterior motives. Now keep in mind, that some people in the Robinson family have done things to make sure that all of them are on this trip that weren't necessarily kosher. So uh -oh. by the end of the season, the question is, where are we? And by we, I mean, who is where? And are they all together? That's the question. It's kind of like what we saw in a Star Trek Discovery at the end, where it's like, okay, where are we now at the end? Now, here's my quick review. I like this better than season one. I thought that it was uh, crisper in its presentation. Uh, now, the moments when they're in trouble, it, it can get repetitive. You know the whole pattern, what's going to happen. Okay, there's this emergency. They come up with a fix. They have to come up with another fix because something else happens. Like right. that happened, but they kept the pace brisk. I did like the introduction of other characters. I did like seeing the Robinsons try to interact. I did like seeing a Dr. Smith do Dr. Smith because Parker Posey is just so much fun as a villain. Oh, she is. She is. So I think uh, the timing of this release from Netflix on Christmas Eve makes some sense because it's going to work for families if you've seen season one to watch this over the holidays. Uh, can you binge it? Yeah, I think you actually can binge it if you want. Do you have to binge it? Not necessarily. But keep in mind, you get a whole lot of stuff from this production. It looks great. The action is still there, just like season one. I just thought it was a bit brisker, and I appreciated that. So I would give this a good. Oh, excellent. Well, the thing about it is Netflix is a little tricky and they like to cancel stuff after three. <laughs> so we do have to ask at the end of season two, are they setting us up? Did they protect themselves, so to speak? Yeah. They did? Um, well, it is, yeah. You you would anticipate a season three. Excellent. That's good yeah, to know. absolutely. Let's move on to another space movie sort of 
Apple TV Pluses for All Mankind got some pretty early solid reviews. Now, no one seemed to be like overwhelmed saying, please run, rush. But of the initial, um, you know, uh, freshman class that was released from Apple, this was one of the ones that they said tune in to the most. Not the most popular, but the critics did like it. And you've got a chance to see episodes one through nine as of taping. Um, so we won't quite get to know what happens at the very, very end. We've known throughout the season they've been leaping years, time jumping. Yeah. And at this point, where we landed after season, after uh, excuse me, episode nine, mm-hmm. and how are we set up for this season one finale? And are we coming back? Is the real question. Is this something worth to bring back for Apple TV Plus? Wow. Um, well, they're definitely bringing it back. Um, your question is, is it worth it? Before we get to that, um, let me talk about this thematically. Uh, since, you know, there's still the season finale that's lurking out there to be watched. Um, this show, it is, of course, about the space race between the United States and the Soviet Union, but it's an alternate history thing. The Soviet Union landed on the moon first and so on and so forth. And the space race continues over years. At this moment, um, we went from having President Nixon to having present President, uh, yes, it is Kennedy, but it's Ted Kennedy. Isn't that Ooh. interesting? Interesting. So, you know, they, they play around with history that way. Uh, but uh, behind all of this, they are dealing with uh, group dynamics. So you do deal with dynamics of race. There is a black female astronaut and she has a black husband who just came back from the war. What was that like? And how is she able to navigate uh, this world that's populated by a bunch of white people? with this husband who has scars from the war. So that was a little thing going on. We also just have the whole dynamic between having women astronauts brought in because of what the Soviets did, brought into the United States program to NASA. How are they gonna click or not click with the men? And in particular, one of them is married to another astronaut. What's that like? How does that affect the children? Also, what about the wives who aren't astronauts and their husbands who are gone? How does that separation work? In particular, for one central family, and this is the the Baldwins, they are really dealing with it at the end of this season. I won't tell you what the it is, but it's tragic. And they're separated. What's that like? Having him on the moon, his wife back at home, and they have a child. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a rough uh, touch and go. Also, if we come back to the race, there's this whole subplot regarding uh, uh, an immigrant father. He illegally immigrated from Mexico to give his daughter opportunities after his wife died and her mother. So over the course of this season, we've seen her grow up and she's whip smart. She's been taken under the wing by one of the head females at NASA. And she wants to train to eventually become an astronaut or work for NASA herself. So what happens when she becomes a teenager? And remember, they are illegal immigrants. How does that play a role? Hmm. Also, they brought in uh, the theme of dealing with if you are a gay person at this time, because we're still in the 70s here. Right. What's that like? Hmm. What if somebody finds out 
How do you cover your tracks? So all of these kinds of things I'm talking about are, are adding texture to the space race. And the question is, does it work? I'll say it does work. It could be more compelling though. So I'm interested in everything. I do at times feel that they could move it a bit faster. However, when they want to land something, they certainly land it. I think the cast does a wonderful job. I think the writers do a pretty good job of toggling all of the stuff. It's difficult. It doesn't always click, but it's never bad. And I do want to see what's going to happen in this uh, season finale because they set up a big problem. Because what's happened is one of uh, the space shuttles or whatever their spacecraft is, something has happened that's caused an emergency and they are on their way to being the furthest people to ever go out in space, but it's not on purpose. So if this is your kind of thing, you're kind of nerdy like me, and you like space stuff, and you don't mind them actually dealing with uh, all of these different group dynamics things within it, then I would definitely say check out For All Mankind. Does it look good? Yes, it gives you the period look. They do a great job of that with costumes and all of that. And everybody is professional here. They do their jobs, and I appreciate it. Well, we always like someone who's doing their job. Yeah. Speaking of jobs, <laughs> the morning show on Apple TV Plus, let's just stay there. Wow. Again, as of taping, we have not yet seen the finale, which is promising, looks promising to deliver some drama. I mean, we're on the edge with Mitch here. What is going on with this guy? Is he remorseful? Is he the victim? Mm. The chips are being called in at this point. Who's paying? Mm. These are all questions that are swirling around the show. Now, remember, The Morning Show, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve uh, Carell. We are at the Billy Crudup. I mean, just people are flying in and out of here. It is not critically one of the best shows that Apple TV Plus has put out, but it's certainly the one most talked about and certainly the one most um, engaged in social media-wise. Yeah. So before we get to this finale, you've watched one through nine. You know where we are, the drama, the hoopla. The fact of the matter is, can we get some resolve here? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or is this getting worse? Yes. Stuff is coming up. Uh, look, and remember, this is the one Apple TV Plus show that's being nominated. Golden yes. Globe, Critics' Choice uh, Television Awards, and SAG. Okay? Now, I, I mentioned this before, Raph, with the critics and how ac across the season, these critics are really beside themselves. They're not quite sure of why they are liking this, especially after the initial reviews. And, and now, you know, people are like, well, toward the end of the season, it's kind of gelling and it's better. I said it from the beginning. It's entertaining. It ain't gelling that much. Like, let's calm down a bit, trying to justify it because you're critics. <laughs> it's just entertaining. That's what is the point here now. Where are we with the story? You mentioned Mitch, played by Steve Carell. Yes, the recently fired co-host of The Morning Show. Why was he fired? Because he didn't treat women well. Mm-hmm. Mm well, he has a legacy to uphold, and he's not one to go quietly into that good night. Oh, no, he isn't. Now, Jennifer Aniston's character, Alex, the his co-host, and now still the co-host of The Morning Show, wants him to do just that. 
because maybe she's implicated implicitly in what he did. Now, this was an interesting little wrinkle they threw in, which is the question of, in this Me Too Times Up era, what about the women who stood by and said nothing and were in power themselves? Come on now. Mm-mm. Now, one character says, I don't think we're ready for that. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so they're going there. And keep in mind, the new co-host, Bradley Jackson, played by Reese Witherspoon, well, what's happened is Mitch has reached out to her to say, hey, I want to do an interview with you on my former show. And I want to come clean, but also bring down the big wigs at the network. Now, one big wig who was not there, who might like this to come to fruition, is played by Billy Crudup. And his character's name is Corey. So Corey's in charge of the news division, but he was brought in after all of this stuff happened. And his boss is the one who might be in trouble. Okay. Now, just to pause right here for Billy Crudup, because he's getting a lot of attention, he's getting a lot of nominations. Is it deserved? Yes. Oy. Billy Crudup is having a good time. Being a guy who's standing back going, I'm gonna wait for my opportunity and let all of you mice run around. It's just, it's a great take on the show. I think he helps this show in a lot of different ways that are both seen and unseen. So, you know, my hat's off to him. Now, we also have the executive producer in charge of the show played by Mark Duplass, Chip, who might be thrown under the bus. Keep in mind, he came up the ranks with Alex, Jennifer Aniston's character. Hmm. Are they still together? That's the question. Also, we have this other side story between the weatherman and one of the newest employees. They have a relationship that's consensual, but is that okay? Hmm. What happens when they go to HR? We also have Mitch who's trying to reach out to women that he had relations with, but he thinks they were okay with it. Okay, who is this? Uh-oh. I won't tell you if you haven't seen it. Mm. So what we're building up to is who's going to backstab whom the best? At the end of this season, the question will be who's left standing because all kinds of heads are on different chopping blocks and they are... So some people are trying to backstab other people who are trying to backstab the back and they don't know it. So the best part of the show, I've said it before, is about what's going on behind the scenes at the show. What's going on with people trying to climb the ladder of success or hold on to it? That's the thing here. That's the show, that's what makes it compelling. And toward the end of the season, they did a better job of bringing Mitch into that. At the beginning, he wasn't, and I was kind of like, why do I even need this? Why do I need why to see his perspective? Speed? Yeah, why, yeah, why? yeah, exactly. So now they've done it, and I think they kind of know where they are, what they are as a show. And as is, I'm entertained. It doesn't need to be great television. It's worth watching just to go, ooh, it's a soap opera. So there you go. That's what we have from the morning show. And I'm sure they will end it in a soap operatic flourish. If they don't, I will be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> now, already up for a second season is Apple TV Plus's C. You saw it? How are you going to tell us what you saw? I don't even know what I saw. <laughs> well, I don't think it's funny because a lot of people don't know what they saw. Right. And, and sometimes that's a hindrance and sometimes it's just funny and fun. 
And C is really the latter. I'm watching it going, what am I even watching? And I'm laughing while I'm watching it. And I'm interested. I mean, you have Alfrey Woodard, who is always doing her job. And yes. you, I mean, you put her there and you know Jason Momoa can be very serious. You put them together with all of these people. So even when I'm laughing at them, like I, if I were them, I would have no shame in being laughed at. Because the they're reason- committed. Exactly, that's the reason why. It's because they're so committed to it. You should see some of the things that Alfred Wood is doing, the intensity of it. And this is a lesson for everybody. Whatever you're doing, there must be urgency. There must, as an actor, that is your job. And this is not to indicate it, which means, ooh, look at me, I'm urgent. You gotta feel it. And then we'll feel it. And that's what Alfred Woodard does such a great job of. So where we are in the eight episodes of this season is this. Remember, we're in the future. Humanity has lost uh, sight. No one can see anymore. So what has happened to societies or societies uh, and, and, and different cultures as a result across the globe? Now, remember, there are many fewer people now on the planet. Uh, they've lost certain parts of technology, but not others. Do we know why? No, they don't really explain anything. So it, I'll say it this way and then I'll keep moving. If you're someone who needs everything to make sense, you want plot holes to be filled, this is not your show. Okay, you can't even watch it that way. It'll drive you mad. You might, like I've read some writer's piece going, like why do they have, why do they have like uh, fires? And then it's not for heat or for eating. I don't know. So I can see, that's why. <laughs> I'm a viewer, so I can see what they're doing. I don't have no idea. <laughs> like, like th these are things you can't even think of it that way. You just gotta go along with it. So what we had is we had this a uh, queendom and the queen is completely nuts. Uh, I won't even get into how she prays. I'll put it that way. It is offensive, okay? I'll just say that. So it's like, what in the world is going on? Why is she doing this? And she has lost the one man in her life that she wanted to mate with who has sight. And his name is Jerla Morell. <laughs> so she is she has sent her troops out to go find this man who can see, but they can't see him. Now, the interesting thing in the show is having sight isn't always an advantage. Very interesting how they do that. So she has this general who's very serious and he's out for blood. Also, he's out for the children of Jerla Morrell. Now, we find early on in the season that the central family here, the mother had twins and the father is Jerla Morrell. But he left them in her care and she went to Jason Momoa's character, Baba Voss. Now, none of them can see. She can't see and, and Jason Momoa's character, Baba can't see but her kids can. And Baba raises her kids as his own. So across the first season, they do grow up. Now, what happens if you're a sighted child in a world where no one can see? How can you learn how to use your sight? What did Journal Morel leave them as a gift so they could learn about what it means to be sighted and what the world used to be? What? So they, well, there you go. And so they know they know certain things that the unsighted people do not, but they're kids and then young adults. So maybe they don't know how to use it. So what happens is they're being hunted and they've got to go from place to place and try to stay ahead of the queen's general and his troops. 
Okay. Now, there is a connection between that queendom and them that I won't give away. Uh-oh. But it's very, very complicated. Now, here's the other question. General Morrell was busy. He didn't just have sex with one woman. So what's his motivation? Why is he having so many children? At the end of this first season, we finally see that his kids reach him. But these kids that reach him, what do they encounter? Where is he living? Who is he living with? And what does he want them for? He sees them and goes, oh, I've waited so long for you two to reach me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Here's my question. Who's the real daddy? Okay. And what does that mean? Who's the real daddy? Who's the real daddy? Mm-hmm. Not biologically. Okay. What I mean is someone who you would reach out to when uh, things are bad, who's that person gonna be? Who's the one you can trust? Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of the season, all of our people are not together anymore. I won't tell you where they are. They're scattered, they're trying to come back together. Some people have been captured. Some people have revealed certain things about themselves and have tried to take certain positions of power. And others are trying to reach the people who are lost. Also, there are all other kinds of people I haven't mentioned who cannot be trusted. Some are sighted and some are not. So here's what I'll say about C. I don't even care about, again, whether it makes sense or not. What I enjoy is really this, watching how the blind negotiate this world, even when there are people who have vision there. When you watch Jason Momoa fight, it is something to see. It looks great. All of that is wonderful. Love the way it looks. Love the fighting styles. Just the way they do that, the way they negotiate that is so interesting. So I'm willing just to wade through the nonsense until I get back to that. I think if you're in, if this sounds entertaining to you, check it out. And there you go. I'll say, um, it's... You'll it's, say, I'll see you next season. I, yeah, I will see you next season because I'm, I'm fascinated by the ridiculousness. Finally, we are going to talk about what we've really been wanting to talk about. <laughs> oh, this is what we really... <laughs> you know, all the other stuff was just red herring. <laughs> the Watchmen. Matter of fact, let me correct myself. Watchmen. <laughs> Finale. Done. The end. Yeah. Both of us got a chance to watch it. Now, we have been kind of checking in on Watchmen a little bit. We talked about it initially, that first, what, one or two episodes, and both of us were extremely thrilled. We didn't know what we were watching. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what was happening, but we were thrilled because it was just different. The pacing, the costumes, the music. Mm everything just happening and plus if just to remind you listeners this is based on that graphic novel not the movie watchmen so and it's not even based on that really it's just taking from that world and going into an alternate universe or alternate reality rather right but still bringing in some very familiar elements well finally we're here Mm. we watched how they would loop in those old characters 
and how those older characters and then the, those are people those are the old superheroes from the graphic novel how they wove into modern society or this alternate reality and there's a big character reveal i'm gonna let you reveal that big person quite literally <laughs> but i'm gonna <laughs> leave that there there's big and blue big and blue person you already know who that is who <laughs> returns and is introduced into this particular reality and you'll be quite surprised how that plays out um we and before i let the before i unleash the uh critic on you i do have to warn you there will be some spoilers i mean he may choose to spoil everything or may not but there is something he has to reveal in order for us to understand so there uh, there's a big huge spoiler big huge reveal Hmm. Um, that you have to say who it is. Do I? It doesn't make sense. How could you not Well, say that's it? why you watch it. <laughs> that is why you have to watch it to figure that out. I will not give that away. You won't give away the big reveal, all, even though it's all over Twitter. And, and no, no, and this is why, that's why I don't like Twitter. Well, he was on the Tonight <laughs> Show. He's been on all the shows. That's why I don't like the shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what shows it is, but he don't like them. Well, anyway, he's choosing not to. I might, but oh. uh, look, hey, we both dangerous. Saw it. He's just dangerous. Look, you gonna want to know? So take it away. We've concluded all nine episodes. Yeah, but it really is beautiful the way it's revealed. Um, but if they're if they're listening to this at this point, mm-hmm. you've been warned. I uh, you have. Um, now look. Here's how I want to talk about this. I'm not going to do a normal plot, all of that, because it doesn't even matter. Watchmen is an experience <laughs> that's hard to capture, and that's as as, as it should be. Um, what I will say is this, Ref. There were four episodes out of the nine that stood out to me that I still remember right now. And of course, it was the first one that we reviewed what an introduction to this world that was. Where, like you said, you're going, I don't even quite know what's happening, but it's urgent, it's important. There's a lot behind it. I want to know more. You have these, you know, this, these different timelines, all of these different characters. And then we got the story of Looking Glass, played by Tim Blake Nelson. When he understands what was really behind certain things, his reaction, all of that. We get the explanation of where the squids came from. All of that's very interesting and how they tied that into him. So the episode focusing on Looking Glass, I thought was definitely a standout because the thing about this show is when they reveal the information, it's compelling. The question is when they're not revealing, is it as compelling or not? And then we had, ref, the final two episodes. Now, in the final two episodes, we learn who Doc Manhattan is. And this is the big spoiler. Well, where he is, the more important. Where he is, who he is, uh, when when he is, which is all the time. (laughs) So we learn all of this. We also learned what in the world is going on with the Lord of the Manor. Who is he really? Okay. Yeah. So you think he is on a manor 
and he has these clones. What in the world is that about? How? Why is he there? And then we find out he's imprisoned. Imprisoned where? And by whom? And why? So we do learn that he's Ozymandias. We, we know that one of the uh, original characters from Watchmen, played by Jeremy Irons, but he's the smartest man in the world, right? So how did he get captured? How did he get imprisoned? And will he stay there? It's all tied together. It is tied into Looking Glass's story, all of this stuff. And then in the end, the real question is, what is everybody after? Because while we do have the people who have co-opted um, Rorschach's mask, those racists, they're after Doc Manhattan for a particular reason, but somebody else is as well. And do they know about each other? That's the question. And in the end, can you actually capture Doc Manhattan? Is that possible? He can did see, he see it coming? Right, oh. he can see everything coming. Now, what's very interesting, Ref, is there were some characters in the final episode who were going, you know, Doc Manhattan, you didn't do enough with your powers. For me, I'm thinking about it going, well, he knows more than you. <laughs> so how do you know that? Maybe he knows if he had done more, it would have made things worse. That was a very interesting thing because it was more than one character who said it. And I was sitting there going, mm, I don't know. You know, I that was, trust you. He kind of admitted that him meddling in some of the wars, mm -hmm. he regretted that. And she was right, like, which, which is doing something, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is, how can you tell him that he needs to do more? How do you know? Like that was an, in, there are all these different layers to this. And in the end, everything was explained and all, all the craziness made sense. So do I think that it was worth it to go through the journey? Because the other five episodes I talked about, most of the time I was sitting there going, okay, all right. We're uh, bored. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, this looks great. You all know what you're talking about, I think, maybe. I don't quite know. But in the end, it all clicked into place. And the question is, what's the future? What is the concept of Doc Manhattan now? That's the question. And I will tell all of the listeners, if you don't know, Damon Lindelof, who developed this for television, said from the beginning that this was a standalone story, nine episodes, beginning, middle, end. He doesn't need to do anything else. And people have been interviewing him, asking him, hey, are you going to do a season two? He's told us, I don't have any ideas for it right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And he said that he certainly isn't going to continue the way you think he would if he were to tell another story. Because he says that it is not a cliffhanger at the end. That's the end. Now, they also said that maybe somebody else will come in and do something in this world. Who knows? Say, yeah. No one knows. So as is, Ref, these nine episodes, I think, were solid television I think it was a feat of storytelling, actually, to be able to confuse us and then clarify all of it. And I've heard from more than one person that at the end, it all made sense. Of course, the performances are just wonderful. It's so great to see Regina King's career. Just forget this performance. What an amazing career. From 227 to Watchmen, it's one of the best careers ever. I will say that. I think the whole rest of the cast was wonderful. There are all other kinds of characters who are intermingling here as well. It always looked great. You mentioned the music by um, 
uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor, Yes of Nine Inch Nails. All of that, they always do great work. Just, this is the kind of thing, the kind of television I think that we need more of in, in this way. And then Ref, you of course can say what your thoughts are. We need people who are artists. We need people who dare. That doesn't mean you always succeed. Was this a perfect nine episode arc? No, but in the end, it's satisfying. And they, you can tell that the care involved and the fearlessness involved is just wonderful. So I applaud them for that. Was it perfect for me? No, but I don't care. Well, you know, with the Watchmen, um, on the other side, the business side of things, um, you know, HBO owns that. That is mm. their IP. That's their intellectual property. So they can elect to move forward with Damon or not. What we do know is that the numbers don't lie. These numbers were up there with some of the Game of Thrones uh, reign. At some point, they were pulling some of those numbers. I'm not saying the culminating end of it. They weren't pulling those kind of numbers. But they did con- They did say that um, this was one of their most watched offline streaming uh, TV shows this year up there with Game of Thrones. So they can't deny those numbers. And we also know that HBO is launching HBO Max. So that's the business end of it. As far as like the show for me, if I had to nitpick, because I enjoyed it as well, I will add one more episode. I did enjoy the reveal of the grandfather. I thought that was very artistic. Um, the, the grandfather. Ran- yeah, that was oh. one of my favorite episodes, with mm. the exception of one thing. But um, mm-hmm. overall, it was one of my favorite episodes. I will have to say that on the front end, I was a little more intrigued. The back end, I was, I really, um, we kind of left the precinct, we left the mask, and he had to like get into essentially ending this reality if that makes any sense. And I didn't give anything away, but he ends that particular reign of Watchmen and people go on to do different things. And, you know, some things we do know about, some things we don't, some things we see coming, some things we don't see coming. Um, And that's fine, but I was a little more intrigued in the beginning, those first episodes up into the grandfather reveal. But this, like you said, it's a beginning, middle, and end. This isn't a TV series where you're going to keep going season after season. He had to get to the main meet. And Damon does know how to do that. We, Everyone will always, you know, pull up his resume and talk about Lost mm-hmm. and say that that didn't quite land. The ending didn't quite land with his audience and with the critics. But this one, I will say it does. And I will go on record right here, right now and say if they decide to pursue this without him, I think that's a, that is a little dangerous. Yeah. But yeah. He, cre- he created a very specific world. And when you get to the end, listeners, you could interpret that as not the end. I'll just say that much. Yeah. You could interpret that ending as if I'm setting it up for another, with the same people, with the same circumstances. You could totally do that. So that that's as big of a hint as I'll give you. So they they really we'll just see what HBO does, but the numbers do not lie. <laughs> um, well, that concludes our TV talk for this week. It was a big one, and we anticipate more TV coming at us. Now I will have to say on air that we will not be um, 
covering any shows or anything's coming out over the holidays. We'll kind of cram it all into you after, um, after the uh, new year. But until then, we've given you so much that you can binge and chew on. Have at it. Happy holidays to you. Keep it right here at Why Watch That. We've got some other special stuff coming your way. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.